Hi, welcome to Two of Twelve, the podcast where we talk about believing for the impossible, hearing God in the midst of process, sharing stories of breakthrough as we walk into the fullness of what He's promised. Join us as we journey together into all that God has. Hi, and welcome to the Two of Twelve podcast. Feels like it's been a while since we've been on, and yeah, it's been an interesting season to get back into talking again and being being here, being present. But it's a discipline and a rhythm that we want to get back into. So yeah, it doesn't feel long like we it doesn't feel long. It has been long. It has been long. It's been both. It's felt long and it has been long. I do validate your feeling though. And what is that? That you felt that it's been long. It's been long. Yeah. <laughs> um but it has been a long time since we've recorded anything. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why has it been a long time? Um, in seasons of transition and seasons of um, dynamics, often some of the creative expressions are the first things to go. Mm-hmm. And so when you are treading water in a swimming analogy, um, the last thing you're considered with you're considering is like keeping your hair dry. So <laughs> you're just trying to survive. You're not worried about getting your hair wet. Except if you're me or probably 85% of women in the <laughs> world who are like, I'm going to go swimming, but I'm not going to get not my hair wet. <laughs> so where we've we've come from and where we've been has been, um, yeah, a place where there's been uh, limited excess in energy and our soul tanks have been a little low. So yeah. where we're at today, if you want to give kind of a, a quick life update. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, So we have been in a transition in in many ways. We thought we were transitioning in one direction, meaning we were going to be moving our family across the world to Paris, France to help start a church. And that transition has changed into a transition back actually or staying in San Diego. for a little while longer. So why that is, is because I am navigating some health, I wouldn't say issues, that's not really the right right word, but some health things. Um, I don't think we've ever mentioned it in the podcast before. Maybe we have, don't remember. Um, But essentially, let me give you the 30 second snapshot. I have a gene mutation called BRCA2. It is a breast and ovarian cancer causing gene. My mom had it as well. And I've known that I've had it for the last five years. However, this year, as I've gotten routine testing every year, this year it showed something that was abnormal in one of my breasts. I did a biopsy. It is not cancer. Um, However, it has allowed us to figure out what we want to do really with the rest of our lives as far as this gene is concerned. And um, Jared's mom passed away from breast cancer. My mom passed away from cancer. And we have decided that we are going to do some preventative surgeries. And to do that, we need to be here in San Diego. Mm -hmm. So we pushed pause on moving to Paris. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be here in SD until those surgeries are taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so when all of your plans change, that is the title of this podcast today, because that's what it feels like 
when we were moving in one direction, literally moving in a direction mm -hmm. and all of our plans changed. Yeah, I'm not sure how many of you have experienced uh, momentum in a direction or maybe a career or a relationship and those things just don't work out. And you find yourself uh, reflecting and collecting and reevaluating things that um, were really a priority for a very long time and consumed a lot of your waking moments mm -hmm. and subconscious sleeping moments as mm -hmm. well. And I mean that in like dreams and mm -hmm. um, just the desires of our hearts. So we recently got back from helping our friends, the Gannons, get established in France. And while it was very beautiful in the uh, relationship process, it's been very, um, I dare say, grief-ridden mm -hmm. in these last several weeks of really just processing and understanding um, what we're doing and what God has for us here in San Diego. So... Um, we had talked about in a previous podcast about something called a serotonous uh, cone. It's a pine cone that only comes out when fire hits it. And usually it's when a forest burns through, you know, combustion, spontaneous combustion, things of like that. But it actually produces greater fruit, which has an enriched forest that actually creates more life and something that's more sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so um, coming through, you know, different levels of fire has created opportunity. And that's really... The desire of our hearts is to see this kind of transition season in that. So, yeah, one of the things that we had studied doing yoga teacher training many many moons ago um, was the concept of the liminal space, and mm -hmm. I'll let you introduce it. The liminal space has played a huge part in in our lives, but it plays a major part in everyone's life. Liminal space is the space between, and space between what? Anything. Okay. The space Let's talk between. about breathing. Let's talk about our bodies. Okay. Please. So when you breathe, so you you breathe in, and it's that pause before you exhale out. What's happening in that moment is your you know your lungs are filling up with air. All the cells in your body are getting oxygen, and then you exhale. The carbon dioxide, right? Yeah, but what about what about <laughs> at the bottom of the breath? What about the pause between breaths where I don't have anything in my lungs? I don't know. Tell me. Is that also the liminal space? It is. <laughs> You're trying to get me to get at something, and no, I don't totally know what it no, is. No, there's no angle. It's both and. It's both being filled and revitalization, but it's also the hope that when you feel empty and depleted, that there's life coming back in. Couldn't have said that better myself. <laughs> Glad you said it. <laughs> so anyway, yes, this concept of the liminal space, I did a holy yoga teacher training several, several years ago. And it was the first time I had ever heard of that. And ever since then, I've studied the liminal space. I think it's fascinating. So the liminal space is essentially the space between. Cue that Dave Matthews song. Space between. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> um, and... You know, we've all been there, the liminal space, um, and it's become very, very familiar to mm -hmm. us, and we have learned to embrace it. And so today we're going to be sharing six things that we've learned to mm -hmm. make the most of this space between mm -hmm. while you're waiting for something and longing for the things that God has spoken over your life 
Um, you know, we thought we were going to be in Paris, living, growing, and learning on a new and exciting venture with Jesus, one that we even felt led on, one that we raised money for even, um, that we planned our whole lives around. And now we are not doing that. We are waiting. So here are the six things that we've learned in Mm -hmm. the liminal space. Number one, um, don't wait just because you're waiting. Um, It's easy to become complacent and stale and stagnant. Um, But if we're in a river and the river is moving, there's always life flowing. We don't mm-hmm. make ourselves a pond or become stagnant. Mm-hmm. We stay to the banks of the river and we're still getting life. We're slowing down, yeah. but the river's still flowing. Yeah. And there's a verse in Psalms 136, 130 verse six. Um, it says, as though I wait for the Lord as more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. And that, verse. that word wait, I'm not going to get into uh, the eschatology of it, but the word wait isn't a passive waiting. It's not mm-hmm. sitting back in a chair or at a restaurant waiting for a meal. It's this partnership with anticipation of something coming, of something going to happen. Um, if you're still living and breathing, that thing will happen because mm-hmm. God is good. And mm-hmm. if it's not good, he's not done. Yeah. So that's number one. So get moving in the right direction even if it's a tiny step. Absolutely. Awesome. Number two, remember the promises and remind yourself of them as many times a day as you need. Okay, so what that really means is we all have promises over our lives. Post them everywhere, everywhere. You know, we tell this to people a lot after we do inner healing with them is you post the the new beliefs somewhere that you can see them every day. Um, you know, people talk about this all the time when it comes to goals. But we went to a church um, many, many years ago that says that, you know, we have a remembering problem. I think we actually have a forgetting problem, really. And so we need to remind ourselves of the promises over our lives Um And then whenever lies creep up, and they will, you stomp on them with the promises over your life. And sometimes a stomp will just be a simple whisper or a prayer. Other times you might just have to shout at the enemy. Just saying, you know? I get it. Yeah. What's number three? It's 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 the thing we tell ourselves, and it's a a reminder not only to ourselves, but I'm forgetting the verse right now. I think it's Isaiah 59 um, or 62. Anyway, if you find it, let me know. But it talks about not letting God rest and not allowing yourselves to rest until mm-hmm. his promises have become fulfilled. Amen. And so if we're in a place of tension or this in-between liminal space between the mountains is the valley, um, what are we reminding ourselves of? What are we speaking out practically? And Mm -hmm. if you were to come to our house, we have post-it notes, places. We have a whiteboard in our bedroom. Um, We have reminders that we carry on our persons. We have them on our phones. And so at every chance we can, we're always staying in a place of remembrance. Um, Step number three has been big, uh, especially for me, is the process of grief and grieving. Um, There's an entire book of the Bible, Lamentations, that is feels like a roadmap on grief. And if we look at the life of Jesus, um, man, did he create space to grieve. Grieves at the death of Lazarus, grieves when he's in the garden, uh, grieves at times of being betrayed or abandoned, um, 
you know, embracing these deep human emotions. And so um, grief can be a moment, an instance for some people, um, but often um, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And that journey is one that we were never designed to go on. We were never meant to be in in separation um, of of life. And so our psychologically, we're actually not designed to handle grief. And so if we are holding on to grief, and this is not just the loss of a friend or a loved one, this is the the loss of a promise or deferred something in a season. It's this it's a space of, of the tension of being, separate from the fullness that God has for us in intimacy in heaven. So grief can be capturing an emotion in a moment. Uh, grief can be addressing a feeling or something that's triggering you or, um, you know, after I lost my mom, it, it seemed like everything had a, a trigger associated with it. So holidays, birthdays, any sort of celebration was always this deep place of emotions. And while it's still painful, um, I've done a lot of soul work in that place to allow Jesus to minister to it. So um, these these grieving days don't define us. Um, it doesn't attach itself to our identity, our purpose, or mm-hmm. our value. Um, and it's I've heard it said it's the highest form of worship to give Jesus something that we cannot give him in eternity is to give him our grief today. So yeah. our pain, our tears, our feelings, um, all those are up for grabs to give to Jesus. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's grief. That's good. All right, number four on this, uh, things that we've learned in the liminal space is let people in. Don't go at it alone. It just makes it harder. So what we mean by that is simply don't... Um, don't isolate. Yeah, don't be an island. Don't be an island. That is where, oh, just mess, yuckiness can come in. We've all seen that, Geo. We've all seen that little water <laughs> buffalo. Yeah. He's got his head in the mud and forgets the herd. Yeah. I know it's sad. I know. But this is where Lion in, King. We're, yeah, Lion King. But this is a battle. Yeah. It's warfare. Mm-hmm. And the warfare is um, for our souls, for our joy, um, for our ability to be present. Yeah. And it's such a vulnerable place to be saying to someone, I need help. I'm not doing well. So that's one side of it. This is also to the side of the people who are, have a front row seat into someone else's grief and pain, reach out, reach out, um, a text message, a thought of any remembrance of what someone's going through, like, man Mm -hmm. speaks volumes. Yeah, and for the perfectionists out there, um, that needs to die. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'll be direct. In someone's grieving and pain, yeah, the worst thing that can you can do is be silent. Mm-hmm. You can even just text someone, I don't know what to text you, or I don't know what to say to you. I'm just going to listen to maybe you breathing on the phone, <laughs> and that's enough. So ministry of presence um, is super, super powerful yeah. in, in the a friend or loved one into a place of grief. Um, and you don't have to be perfect. If your goal is that, um, it's not going to work out well for you in the long run. But just being a resource for someone, showing yeah. up to listen. Yeah. We all have perfectionistic tendencies. Sure. We love you. We love ourselves. <laughs> We're yes. Brett. Um, number five. Number five. Um, man, the Bible's kind of 
riddled with stories of grief. Not only grief, but the space between. The liminal space. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. And so the space between, um, yeah, who is God leading you? Uh, who, who has a similar place of pain? Is it, um, neglect and abandonment and forgottenness like David? Um, are these people that are like in a nomadic journey, like the Israelites kind of between things? Are you like Jesus where you feel betrayed or forgotten or misunderstood? Um, has there been loss and, you know, somebody's waited three days to come grieve with you and you're, and you're kind of bitter about that and all these things, um, I believe that Jesus just wants to meet us in these places, but give us examples. And I was reading a quote by um, Bill Gaither from, I'm sorry, um, yeah, from Soul Shepherding. He said, Jesus is feeling what you feel. He's waiting for you in these emotions, I'm paraphrasing, to be encountered in this place and um, to help you process in a way that leads to hopefulness and holiness. Yeah. So he's always restoring. Yeah. Amen. And my favorite liminal space story in the whole Bible is the space between when Jesus dies and is resurrected, mm-hmm. those Absolutely. three days. Yep. There's nothing that says what his disciples were doing. We can imagine what they were doing, but. I mean, some of them went back to work. Right. Right. They did. I'm, I I, I don't know, but I would imagine that they just kept moving forward. They likely remembered what he said and reminded each other. They grieved and they did it together. Um, just these, you know, these tenets of what we're, we're talking about. Um, and then number six. Let's turn the corner. Turn the corner here. The last one. In the liminal space, hope. Okay, so someone told me once that they don't hope. Because something either happens or it doesn't. And that is a lie. I get what they were saying. Like, you just have to do the thing. I understand. But in this season, we are not giving up hope. We are going to be diligent about being practical in our hope. And that means, again, actually doing something. But we're never, ever going to let it go. In this space between, it is what has gotten us out of bed in the morning Mm -hmm. because we know that a better day is coming that the promises will be fulfilled over the over our lives that god's plan is better and bigger than we can imagine and that he's got us Mm -hmm. so we will continue to hope Mm -hmm. yeah that verse in proverbs 13 12 um it says hope deferred makes the the heart sick Um, and it's not about not having hope, but it's giving up. Mm-hmm. I think when we give up hope, we relinquish hope. That act of relinquishing it actually creates space for despair, mm-hmm. for anxiety, mm-hmm. for these these negative places where we're we're allowing, we're actually giving power to other forces, and we're not giving Jesus the right and the ability to come and minister to that place of hopelessness. Right. So we give up hope. Like we still have hope and promises that are not fulfilled. The moment I give those up is the moment my heart grows sick. Right. And I even believe like a spirit of independence comes Mm -hmm. in. It's like, well, I'm just going to muster up the thing to do this thing that I know is going to happen. And it's just, 
doesn't give Jesus a place. Well, then that goes into control. I know there's a lot of things we could talk about Mm -hmm. here for another podcast episode. Yeah, we break that connection. (laughs) Totally. Totally. So those are the six areas of hope. You know, say them off again, just from the top. Yep. So as you are in a liminal space, because I guarantee you are in some sort of space between today and you're waiting. Number one, don't wait just because you're waiting. Okay. So keep going. Take a tiny step today. Number two, remember the promises and remind yourself of them as many times a day as you need. Write the promises over your life that God has given you everywhere. Number three, grieve. It's good and healthy. Number four, let people in. Number five, read stories of waiting in the Bible and how they end. You will be encouraged. And number six, hope. Mm -hmm. That's good work. Yeah. So thank you so much for tuning in today. It means a lot that you've stuck around with us and we will catch you next time. Be blessed. Thanks for joining us on the 2 of 12 podcast. You can find more info about what we do at 2of12.com. Here's to your journey as you believe for and step into all that God has.